I want to preach a message uh, out of Exodus 13. It's more of a topical message. And I want to uh, tell you that many years ago, as I was sitting down there, one of the men uh, that was on faculty who has, uh, a pro- has and still has a profound effect on this school, but especially me, uh, is no longer here. And I miss him. Uh, I, tried, I saw him over Christmas. But Brother Surrett, uh, you, I wish you young people could have had Brother Surrett for a teacher. I was a young, young 39-year-old faculty member, and uh, Brother Surrett ended up being one of the best teachers just on the side for me. Many years ago, he preached a message out of this very same passage. It struck my heart so deeply that every, for years after, I went up to him after chapel and thanked him. And I said, Brother, you'll have, you have no idea how that message helped me. Can I, can I borrow it? And he said, well, sure, Brother Spencer. I have preached this a number of times, but never here. And I do this to honor, first of all, my Savior, but also my friend. Chuck Surrett. Now, I've changed it, modified it, but the central thought that he gave us, I want to share with you because it's so practical. You know, in a Bible college, maybe there's no place that we're tempted, more you than maybe the older faculty, but, you know, we were in Bible college. It wasn't that long ago, and, you know, and we noticed that with young people in a Bible college, sometimes you're always looking for the fast way. The shortcut, the shortcut to get married, the shortcut to go to school. And I'm afraid many of God's people are always looking for a shortcut. But here in Exodus 13, 17, God teaches us that it is not always God's will to take us the short way. Sometimes, many times. It's God's will to take us the long way. That's the title of my message. When God takes you the long way. Now, if you look at the map, you'll notice, and, and all of you are familiar with that, if when God took them across the Red Sea, it would have been much faster for God to take them along the coast. You, are, you, are you looking at the map? Along the coast up to the promised land. In fact, it would have been about only a 200-mile journey. It would have taken somewhere between two to three weeks. But God did not take them that way. God would take them a way that would last two years and three times the distance. But during this trip, this long way, God taught them some lessons. And what I find so interesting is those same exact lessons are the lessons that God in my Christian life has has been and still is teaching me. I want to be an encouragement to young people. Um, God will take you sometimes a long way. And the seven lessons that I will show you from the Bible that God taught the Israelites are the same lessons he's still teaching many of us. Will you learn those lessons today? In Exodus 13, 17, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them, not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. Do you see that on the map? The way of the Philistines would have taken them right up the coast, right into the promised land. 
The Bible says, For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through, through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Sukkoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them by the, them the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now, Father, as we take these few moments and Lord, you show us how you loved and led the children of Israel. There were very important lessons which they did not realize, Lord, in this long way. Father, as we live our life each day, may you teach us that though you may take us what seems like a long way, these same seven truths are to be lived in our life. Help us, Lord, today. Help my brothers and sisters that may be here today, particularly on this Monday, that have been struggling, Lord, about the long way. Speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to see it's very obvious. The first thing that God was trying to teach them was, number one, to protect them from their fears. To protect them from their fears. You know, God says in verse 17, as I'm taking them out, Moses, I'm not going to take them the short way. You see, on that short path, there are Philistines. There actually were Egyptian garrisons in forts. And Philistine forts all along the way. You remember, brethren, that the Jewish people, the nation coming out, a baby nation, they had never fought. They weren't used to fighting and killing. And God said, there are things that they don't know they'd face if they were to go that way. Have you ever realized, um, even freshmen, which um, you're veterans now, you've got more to learn. But you remember your first, you remember the day you decided to come to Ambassador. Remember the trip here, the first few days, the first few months, waking up thinking, that girl is my roommate? That guy's my RA? What's an RA? You know, we laugh and giggle, but there are so many more, th- many more things that God will teach you and has been teaching you. Many students make the mistake of thinking, you know, I just want to get done with school. I want to hurry up and get married. I am sometimes, I was in Bible college. I remember Brother Lucan, Mrs. Lucan, we remember students taking the shortcut. Now, they didn't always turn out bad. But I, you know, every time I tried to take a shortcut, it was a dead end. I remember looking at other students, like you guys look at other students and think, why can't I do that. Why can't I do, make that decision? Why can't it turn out for me? I'll tell you, it's because many of us, God needs to take a different route. A long way, many, many times, having to work um, my way through Bible college. And I always worked the third shift. Uh, that doesn't make for good social life when you're, when you're trying to find a, a wife and a girlfriend. Uh, and just trying to have friends. I lived in a different world. And many times at 2, 3 in the morning, I'm walking by myself in a giant plant 
in Wisconsin, dead of winter, all alone, trying to stay awake, thinking, God, why do you take me this way? You know, I look back now and I can, I can say yes to this first point. There were things that God did with me. He didn't do it with other students. But I look back now, there were things that I didn't even know were dangerous for me. And God said, I'm going to protect you, Joel. Same thing's true of you guys. Now, let me tell you, you need to learn to trust and rest in God's long way. Because when you graduate, all the faculty can tell you this. There are dangers awaiting you that if God showed you right now, you were going to face. You'd run. You'd run away. Every fa- there's not a faculty member. There's not a, a male or female. You ask every one of them. If God were to show you the end or the middle of your ministry, what would you have done? To a person, they'd say, I probably wouldn't have gone in the ministry. There are fears that we don't even know about. I mean, I'm not done with life. I'm further down the road than maybe a lot of you young people. But I'm sure there are still things awaiting me. I need God's leadership every day. How about you? You know, the Jews, if God had gone to them and said, why don't you pick the way? Every, to a man, to a woman, they would say, well, the short route, the king's highway, the route all the way directly into Jerusalem. God wanted to protect them from their fears. Fears they didn't even know about yet. Number two, I want you to think about this. God took them the long way to proceed according to his timing. The Bible says in verse 22, God would give them a pillar of fire by day and a pillar, a, a pillar cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. And it was to guide them. Listen, that pillar didn't move every day. It would start and stop and start and stop. God wanted to proceed according to his timing. Can you imagine after a a couple days or weeks, Moses would hear so many people saying, are we there yet? How much further is it? Moses, why are you going this way? Or maybe the classic, does Moses even have GPS? You know, the Jews could have all gotten up and they leave. And they're so excited. We're going to the promised land. And they all got their smartphones. And they all put the Google Maps in it. And it asked, um, you know, do you want a shortest route? Um, highway? No highway? You know, all those things. And boy, they started out and everybody's going, okay, this is good. But wait a minute. As soon as they cross the Red Sea, all their phones just lit up. Now, what is that it used to say? It doesn't say it to me anymore on my wife's phone. Back when maps started, it would, if you made the wrong turn, it would say what? Re- recalculating. recalculating. Do you know how many million of phones were going? Recalculating, recalculating. What's Moses doing? You see, God was teaching Moses and his people that God wanted them to move according to his timing. You know this. God is never early. God's never late. He's always on time. How many times in my life have I had to learn to wait on the Lord. In our society, which has become so intense, a phenomenon is growing of at-home learning. 
Even the secular world has learned they can make a lot of money with low overhead by letting people get entire degrees, masters, and now doctorates. Just stay at home. It makes it so easy, doesn't it? In fact, now they advertise you can get a degree in only 18 months. Wow, that, that just makes, you know, I'm going, wow. How do they fit that in such amount of time? When God called you to come to this school and you signed up for that four-year degree, it may have seemed like a long time, but I think you're learning with me. It is going by fast. But you know, while you're a student here, you need to learn that God wants you to learn how to move according to his timing. That's very important. It becomes even more important when you're a pastor or you're a Mrs. Pastor and you're trying to lead God's people under Christ. Oh, how you and I need to learn the same lesson that the Jews had to learn. Number three, not only was God taking them the long way to protect them from their fears and to learn to proceed according to his timing, but number three, to present his power. I want you to look up at the map. The very first thing that I notice is if they had not been taken the long way, they would have never seen God's power. If you just, if all they had was the Red Sea crossing, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? But they saw more than that. God sent you to the school. Some of you came older and you're still trying to learn how to let God take you his way. And sometimes it seems like a long way, but don't you understand God is wanting to show his power, not the power of you, not the power of a faculty member, not the power uh, uh, of, of a local church. He's trying to show you personally his power. Imagine what you will miss. Imagine what many young people have missed because they would not let God take them the long way. If you look at the map, let me point out a couple things to you. You see the Red Sea crossing. Do you see Mara? Can you see that with your young eyes on the map? Do you realize that Mara was where they ran into the bitter water? Now, there are literally millions of people. They're in the middle of a desert. When they went to drink and it was bitter and actually dangerous to drink, God wanted to show them his power. And there at Mara, they were able to drink good fresh water when God made it that way. You see the Elam. If you go down, Elam was where the 12 springs, 70 palm trees were. And between Elam and Sinai, you see Mount Sinai? They were fed manna. At Rephidim, they met their first enemy and had to fight the Amalekites. And by the way, the Amalekites fought dirty. Remember how they fought? There probably weren't near as many Amalekites as there were Jews, but being a, uh, being a Bedouin tribe, they, they used their strategy. They waited till the Jews passed by and then attacked the rear part where the old people were and the women were. And God gave the Jews their very first military victory. And then, of course, Sinai. Mount Sinai is where many incredible things took place, and I'll mention them in my next point. This is my point, though. How would God have shown them and demonstrated his power had they gone the short way? Two weeks. They would have never seen the power of God. Young people 
this time of your life, it may seem like a long time. It may seem like it. some days are rough. And they sap you of your strength. Seems like the bill keeps coming. Can I tell you, God wants to end this journey. The longer way, God wants to show you his power. I mean, I look at several students and and I, I think about the things you've testified to, the things that I've been praying, that you've asked me to pray for. And, and then I watch the answer come. And sometimes when you stay in school and, and, and I'm getting to where I know you're going to leave, I'll sometimes say to you, remember when you, we prayed about that? Remember when that need was in your life? Listen, God loves you. He loves me. And he loved the Jews. But he couldn't take them the short way. It was the long way that would allow him to present his power. Number four, to provide for their needs. To provide for their needs. So many young people, and it's a societal thing. We've taught young people in the secular world, hey, um, go to school, we'll pay your bill, or you can pay us back later, or if things go the way our president wants, you don't have to pay back at all. I don't know if any of you have been to secular universities or colleges. I did a, a year, and, and i got to tell you, I may have been one of two students on the entire campus that wanted to learn. It's gotten way worse. I worked as a a security guard on a prestigious engineering campus in Pennsylvania. Oh, my word. The stories I could tell you about rich, spoiled. You know what um, every year they do at the last day before they leave? Uh, Remember, I was working the third shift, and uh, was awakened about five in the morning to explosions. And um, I kind of was disoriented. I heard some yelling, and I run outside. These guys in this dorm, very wealthy school, were literally throwing their brand-new TVs off the third floor and watching them smash. Brand-new stereo systems smash. They were drunk. They were all celebrating, hey, I get to leave school. Brand new. It was amazing to me, the stuff they were smashing and throwing away. One, I stopped one young guy because it is dangerous to throw things off your third floor uh, dorm. There's people trying to pack their cars and leave. So I ran upstairs, and just as two guys were about to throw an entire, stair, uh, entire stand with a TV, and stair, they were heaving it out the way. I said, Stop! I said, what is wrong with you guys throwing that stuff out there? It's dangerous. And, and one of them turned to me and said, hey, ma'am, just leave us alone. We've been living like this all year. They're lost young men. But many, many young people, Christian young people, they want things to speed up. They want what they want now. They're not willing to let God teach them, to show them that he will meet their needs. One thing about going to ambassador with no accreditation, no student loans. Many of you have been learning this. Really, maybe for the first time in your young adult life, God has to help me. God has to meet my needs. By the way, that's one of the most precious lessons I had to learn through Bible college. I remember people getting up and talking about their bill was paid. Some of the students came to, I had roommates that had their entire four years paid. They even had a nice car. I never owned a car. Don't, listen, don't think I didn't lay in bed or walk the halls of factories or hospitals at four in the morning and say, Lord, I'm so tired. Lord, help me. 
And many, many were the times God would say, haven't I been meeting your needs, Joel? Haven't I taken care of you? Who's given you the strength to be able to stay healthy and, and get decent grades? And, 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 and I did have a good time in Bible college. You look at the faculty. I don't think anybody looks at what we wear, what we drive, and uh, you think, wow, I can't wait to be a multimillionaire like the faculty. <laughs> Can I tell you guys something? In our long journey, God's still meeting our needs. You say, well, does it get easier? Yes and no. I still have flesh. I still have a wife. I have resp- and two cats. I have responsibilities. <laughs> Are you willing to let God take you the long way so he can provide for your needs? And you can one day stand before people and give testimony. My God took care of me. Number five, God took them the long way to prove their leadership. Quickly, both divine leadership and human leadership. You see, God made it clear to them by providing himself as a pillar, a cloud during the day, a light at night to remind them. That as he moved, they were to move. As he stopped, they were to stop. He didn't ask them to vote. But also man's leadership. You guys know enough about Old Testament history that Moses was tested almost every day. In Numbers 11, it talks about the mixed multitude who had had developed within Israel a bad attitude. Moses gets so desperate after that Fire coming down and consuming. In Numbers 11, verses 15 and 16, 13 through 16, I won't read it. Moses literally goes to God and says, I can't do this anymore. God, I haven't even been in doing this for that many weeks, but I cannot do this. And I will not do it if you don't help me. Remember, Moses said, all right, here's what I want you to do. Go find 70 godly men. My spirit, I'll put on them as well as you. Later, after they left Mount Sinai, it's a very sad chapter, Numbers chapter 12, his own older sister. Remember the one that rescued him as a baby in the Nile, Miriam. She turned on her little brother. It broke his heart, but she had to learn that God had provided Moses as a leader and the people were to learn to respect him and obey him. And he struck her with leprosy. As you go the long way, God has to teach you. He's still teaching me, but God has to teach you. This long way teaches you both God's leadership in your life and men who are leaders in your life. I'm so thankful for our students. And and honestly, I I know the faculty feel this way. We, We stand in the midst of men and women who are not only often smarter than we are, but they have so much more ability, but we're thankful that you respect us. You know, one day you're going to be a leader. You're going to stand and teach God's people. Ladies, you're going to stand before your own children. And if God can teach you during this long time, it seems, to obey his leadership and and sometimes man's leadership that God's proving in front of you, then you'll make a good leader. God has two more. 
Not only to protect them from their fears, not only to proceed according to his timing, but God would take them the long way to present his power, to provide for their needs, to prove their leadership. But number six, to promote his word and worship. I wish I had more time, but can I draw your attention? If you look at the map, when God would finally take them down to the bottom of one of the most brutal, hottest, most desolate parts of the world, Mount Sinai, do you realize that when God's (coughs) presence marched them all the way down there, they stayed there around the Mount of Sinai for 11 months and six days. You talk about a test. But not one day did that nation of millions go without food. Not one day did they go without water. They should have in that part of the world. But God had another lesson He was trying to teach them. It's the same lesson that we need to learn. You see, during that 11 months and 6 days, Moses would go to the mountain and receive not just the Ten Commandments, But he would receive everything recorded in Exodus chapter 19 to the end of that book. And he would receive all Leviticus. You guys remember, Leviticus isn't the easiest book to read. The do's, the don'ts, the blood, the building of the tabernacle, the materials had to be just right. But you see, God was promoting his word, his worship. This new nation that had come out just weeks before. This new nation, sitting there for 11 months and six days, God needed to show them how to follow His revealed will and His Word. They never had the Bible. That just blows my mind. They didn't have the Bible. They were about to find the Bible. They're about to be given the Bible. And God said, I want you to understand my written Word, but also... God intended this new nation to worship Him very specifically through all the rituals of the tabernacle. No nation on the earth had ever been shown this. And God very meticulously, have you read Leviticus lately? Have you sat in Brother Hankey's Old Testament classes and him try to teach you all that information? It wasn't because God was trying to be mean. Or, or be a legalist. God was trying to take sinful man and finally show them how they could come to the great holy creator. Sometimes God takes us the long way just to bring us to the point where we have to listen to God. We have to listen to the prescribed way that God's told us to believe and live and walk. I remember many times in Bible college, during chapels, during devos, during my own study, I began to think, I'm 18 years old. How come I never saw this? How come I never learned this? Preachers would come. Um, I remember a young Ron Comfort, first time I ever heard about Dr. Comfort. He shows up, this little guy with... um, Beautiful piano-playing wife and stair-stepped little girls. And he'd get up there next to the piano with his daughters and get out that guitar that was as big as he was. And he would sing. And I remember, wow, that's good. But when that guy got up to preach, I never heard anybody preach like that. I'm going, wow. Jerry Savinsky, who our church here in February will have Brother Savinsky for 
uh, revival meetings. I remember Brother Savinsky, that's over 40 years ago. And I like to remind him of that, by the way, when he comes. I remember hearing preaching. I remember them saying things about my Christian life, and I think, I'm 19, I'm 20, I'm 21. You know, um, our opening revival week this week, I heard those men preach, and I'm sitting there going, I'm 65. I've been in ministry 41 years, blah, blah, blah. How come, Lord, how come I haven't done this? Lord, how come I'm not obeying you here? You know, that was God's purpose for the Jews. He wanted them to understand that this God, their God, there was a specific way he wanted them to worship him and walk with him. You say, well, I talk about a pill. If there was a pill, we could, you know, just come to school, give us $50,000. That Friday night, we'll put a, a, a hat and dress on all the men. And we'll have them walk by and we'll go, hey, see ya, and here's a pill with your diploma. Swallow the pill. Bam! Everything. You are a walking spiritual giant. Hey, if there was such a pill, God would have given it to us. But God doesn't treat us that way. He takes us a long way. But in closing, and this is the hard one. Are you listening? It may not mean near as much to you as it will the older faculty and staff. But there was one other thing they had to learn, and this was hard. God took them the long way to purge the people, to purge the people. The Bible says that when they finally made it, by the way, this map is part one. You'll see they went down to the south, then they would make their journey up. You'll see they finally came to Kadesh Barnea, and you know the rest of the story. This was two years after they left Egypt. But when they came to Kadesh Barnea, what happened? Twelve spies were sent out. Ten came back and said, it is impossible, even though God said, and by the way, God didn't necessarily tell them to send spies. He said, it's yours. The people are, they're conquered. The land is yours. Twelve came back. Ten said, no way. Two said, we can do it. By the way, God said it was ours. God let the people show their lack of faith. And even after two years, they still weren't understanding to walk by faith. So God did what? He sent them back. And we don't have an accurate map. But all that area that they just came through, they would spend 38 more years. We call it the wilderness wandering. Well, technically, they didn't wander. They went exactly where God would take them. But during that 40-year total period, we're told that over 1.2 million people died. You see, my friends, this morning, the people that would enter the land under Joshua were not the same people that left Egypt. There were a lot of people missing. There was not a Jewish young person that had not lost their grandparents, parents, it's interesting, you go through Exodus and Numbers, Exodus 32, 28, 3,000 fell after the golden calf worship. Numbers 15 talks about a man, one man, who was out picking up wood to make a fire on the Sabbath. God killed him. You say, why would God do that? Remember, God was trying to promote his way of worship, his way of worshiping him.
And number 16, after the Kadesh Barnea <clears throat> debacle, um, uh, Korah rose up. You see, he'd had enough. He and his 250 princes, they stood up and said, Moses, we got all this close. And look at this. We can't do it. And God killed Korah, the 250 princes, and all their families. Finally, God said to the nation, because of your unbelief, all those 20 and older will never enter the promised land. That 38 years, this sounds morbid, but listen to me. That 38 years was to kill off all those adults that did not believe. Now, Joshua and Caleb were exceptions. But my point is this. God had to purge. Numbers 34 tells us, if you study that, that there were 41 stages in their 40 years of journey. 41 different starts and stops. <clears throat> Aren't you glad it's not going to take 40 years to get through Bible college? Aren't you glad that you, don't, you can choose right now not to wander? You just need to stay focused. Yes, God will take us a long way. But he does it to protect us from our fears. Fears that you guys don't even know about yet. God takes us the long way to proceed according to his timing. To present his power. To provide for our needs. To prove his leadership. Both his divine leadership and authority in the human sphere for you. To promote his word and worship. And sadly to purge. Yeah, I've been here a long time. Actually, Brother Ogle's been here a long time. (coughs) And we have seen many, many young men and women, just our little school, come through the halls of the school. And we've watched God purge. You know, I tell you students, right, every class I try to remind you. My freshman year, Mr. Andrews, our first activity, um, he said, look around. It was cold. And um, he said, I want you to look around. 250 in our Freshman class, the largest class ever came. He said, I want you to look around because not 35% of you will literally graduate from this Bible college. I I remember sitting on the floor of the gym trying to warm up, and I looked around, and I looked at (coughs) 250 young men and women. I had never been around that many godly young people, public school, California. (coughs) I remember having this thought. Well, I don't plan on being here in four years, but I can't imagine all these godly girls and guys. 28% of my class graduated. I tell the students, Brother Henke, I tell the freshmen and remind the upperclassmen, as far as I know, we have not broken 35%. Now, I'm waiting to be corrected. A couple of years ago, a couple of the junior guys um, sat down with me at lunch, and this is, goes back maybe four or five, six years, and they said, Brother Smith, you remember how you tell us, look around, not 35% of our freshman class. We've counted. We have 19%, and we're juniors. It was, a, it was a year of purging. Now, I'm not saying because a young person doesn't get the four-year degree, doesn't finish, but there were a number that left, I believe, out of the will of God. And when you boil it down, they weren't willing to take the long way that God led them through. Young people just put it down 
if God loved the Jewish people enough to take them the long way. You know, at, at Kadesh Barnea, after the two years, God heard them say, we don't believe God. We don't believe you, Moses, or you, Joshua, or Caleb. You know, if I had been God, I would have said, you know, <laughs> I'm done. Poof, I'm going to go find someone else. That would have been my reaction. And you say, well, God punished them. He judged them. Brother Spencer, you even said he purged the people. Yes, but he never gave up on the Jewish people. He had made a promise to Abraham. He had made a promise to Isaac and Jacob. He made a promise to Joseph. And he's made a promise to you. And the way may seem like a long way sometimes. But remember, he loves you. But if he has to, he will purge. This message wasn't meant to discourage you. It's meant to encourage you. You'll give up on God long before you give up on yourself. You let God continue to take you what may feel like the long way. But at the end of it, may you be someone who can live. And by the way, the the promised land is not heaven. You've been told that very correctly. The promised land was the Christian life. It's the way God wants you to live. And you know in the promised land there were enemies and there were battles. Right now is the most important time in your life. And then when you graduate, you step into the next most important time in your life. And then you become a parent. That's another. But the whole way, let God lead you. He has the same lessons for you.